it's wonderful how how the American people display their sportsmanship. Thank you for listening to the Often Daunted Podcast with me, Burke White. Whenever you may be listening, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. I'm sitting here recording, just coming off a week of coaching 10-year-old girls softball. Um, just uh, to the receiving end of back-to-back mercy rule whoopings. And uh, yeah, I'm feeling, I'm feeling quite daunted. But uh, I'm here bringing you the news uh, just from this past week in Indiana, who's your basketball. But... Uh, Before I do that, I'm going to start off with uh, some of the news around the Big Ten around the country. So uh, here we go. Right out of the gate, I have to discuss the single largest news to uh, hit the airwaves this week. That would be that Electronic Arts has partnered with one team to facilitate a player's ability to opt into the 2024 NCAA football video game to come. I mean, that it's incredible news, guys. For all of you that know, I mean, you know. NCAA football is just the great. It's the single greatest game franchise there is. I don't care what you say. Mario who, uh, Lincoln Zelda who, um, Master Chief even who. It's freaking NCAA football. It's the greatest game. And it, it every single innovation that it brought, if it was good enough, like they, they went wild, they went wild. And if it was a good innovation, it made its way into Madden. NCAA took shots. Option attack, all-time game mode. Option attack in the 06 game with, I think it was Desmond Howard on the cover. Oh, man, I'm getting nostalgic here. You guys, this is awesome. This is just uh, another sign that this game is coming our way, that we might actually see it, that uh, all the rumors of this, the uh, revival of this game since I think the 20, is it 14 that was RG3? No, no, it was uh, Denard Robinson. Yeah, just, just a, I'm a happy gamer. I'm a happy gamer because one of the all times is coming back into the rotation. Just great news. And this partnership just points to it becoming more and more a reality that this is back. Fred Hoiberg was uh, discussing uh, Kisei uh, Tominaga on the Huskers radio network, and he just said, you're not going to recognize Kisei right now. We put a very intensive program together for him because he leaves for his national team in the middle of June. So we tried to put as much weight and strength on Kisei. He looks great. Kisei Tominaga has a lot to love about his game, and if he gets big, if he gets, uh, if he gets some beef on him, then he's going to be a problem in the Big Ten. And uh, Nebraska just, uh, they, they all-time scrap team. I mean, I, I think so. But, yeah, Kasei Tominaga can keep that shot and uh, get a big body under it, then I think he can do a lot of things. And uh, just, just, just a little comment from one of our Big Ten coaches to keep an eye on. A uh, little NBA news for you. As everyone probably knows, John Morant was again filmed uh, video. I mean, yeah, just uh, toting a gun. And on Monday, I was on ESPN radio. Keyshawn Johnson was talking, and he said uh, a notable gang member of a certain very powerful gang here in L.A. didn't like the fact that Ja was doing the, those things in some of his games, along with portraying himself to a degree as some sort of hip-hop gangster growing up in the hood when he wasn't. 
when he hasn't. Sorry. Those are the sort of things that I worry about because you're aligning yourself in a position that you know nothing about at all whatsoever. Zero about. That's where I look at the team and the league. And to be able to say, you've got to get him the necessary help that he needs. Serious help. People from the streets are kind of ticked off by his behavior because they would die to be in his shoes. Just wild series of events. I mean, it's it, it's incredible that he that that happened. How does that happen? No phones. No phones. Your crew can't be videotaping you like that. I mean, that's that, yeah, that's it's everybody's right to own a gun. And uh, yeah, you just don't got to flaunt it like that when you've been told multiple times not to flaunt it like that. Uh, yeah, but I can't tell him how to live his life. So I can just give him the advice of maybe uh, review the circle of friends that would uh, film you dancing with a gun after probably being told, yo, I stand to lose millions of dollars. So yeah, it, it's wild, but uh, that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to yeah discuss that because it's just happened again. <laughs> we were just, I have to imagine we were just talking about this not too long ago, but uh, it happened again, guys. We And it's so funny. He needs to get him help. Get him help. From a addiction to dancing with guns, it's incredible. Uh, the the biggest national story, as far as Big Ten go, Big Ten basketball goes, this uh, week was definitely Caleb Love. Um, seems to not be able to transfer to Michigan, stem, stemming from a uh, credit transfer issue, leading to his inability to be accepted. I want to start this by saying, li- listen, it is not embarrassing to not get into Michigan. I I could have never gotten into Michigan. It's just got to be embarrassing to be rejected by Michigan so publicly. I, I, I honestly feel for Caleb Love in this. I feel for Caleb Love because I feel like there had to be multiple multiple people who are probably paid to ask the questions necessary to uh, see these deals through, to see these transfers through, and just nobody raised a flag. Nobody raised a question. Nobody... Nobody looked over the details of any of this, and it's incredible that it gets to this point time and time again for Michigan up until the very end, the finish line, and, like, the guys on campus. And, uh, yeah, Michigan just pulls it out right from under them. It's crazy. And while I'm saying I feel for Caleb Love, it it is him I feel for because I don't feel for his camp. Somebody in his camp messed up. Somebody in his camp messed up. Somebody at Michigan messed up letting this get as far as it did. How how are you not going to ask the questions when this is the third time this is happening? No, fourth. Fourth if we count the recruit. <laughs> there was uh, Purdue's Nodell Eastern in 2020. Um, wanted to transfer to play for Juwan Howard. Uh, unable to get into Michigan. Ended up playing at Howard. Um, ended up committing there, actually, but uh, never played a game and quit in January to train for the 2021 NBA draft. Um, now he is on the Rios de Hermosillo, uh, the Hermosillo Rays, of the Circuito de Baloncesto de la Costa de Pacifico, del Pacifico. Last year, uh, Terrence Shannon Jr. ended up at Illinois after a messy academic issue with Michigan, and that was following three years at Texas Tech. And in his time at Texas Tech, he was first-team academic All-Big 12 I'm um, not going to say that that, I mean, yeah, I'm going to say I'd look into that if I was the NCAA. Who's, uh, who, what are the standards of uh, Big 12 a- uh, academics? If, if an academic all Big 12 athlete couldn't get into Michigan, what that, that's an issue. That's an issue. And again, just incredible that it gets up until that finish line and then they just, it's a no deal. It's crazy. 
Just recently, there was Papa Conte, a uh, 6'10 center with a 7'4 wingspan, 103 overall recruit. Um, he opened up his recruitment and is reported to be visiting after Alabama. He is uh, reported to be visiting Alabama after having decommitted last month with many suspecting it was uh, the academic issue. It's incredible that it continues to get to the very end and then these deals fall through because Michigan, nobody, Michigan, you have the money. Guess what? Pay somebody $70,000 a year to sit in a closet-sized office and say, hey, we're thinking about this guy. Can he come in? No. Okay, cool. It's it's crazy that it gets to this point, and if it's just uh, lying about, uh, I mean, your grades are going to come out in the trans. Like, so if it's lying beforehand on the camp of the players, that's incredibly dumb because <laughs> permanent record's a real thing. You got a permanent record, and uh, yeah, that's going to hold true no matter where you're going. This is starting to happen so often for Michigan that it's almost starting to look like a deliberate dissing of people's personalities and people's brands in order to bolster your own academic brand. How how does it get to that? How does it get along this far? It's incredible. I know nothing about the process. I've never been recruited. I've never been. Michigan has never expressed interest in this guy. But I just have to believe that somebody should have asked a single question about that. Especially if it already happened twice before. Twice in the last two years. Now, now if, if you're Indiana, do you still want him? Indiana needs a shooter. If he could find the shooting, he'd be a great addition to the team. Honestly, he wouldn't have to be primary ball handler, even though he might want that responsibility. But at this point, I'm, I'm just like, no, nah, I, I don't think we really need him. I don't think we need to uh, go hunt go uh, hunt him down. I feel like we needed him at the time when I uh, when he originally had opened up his recruitment because we had a bottomless void of production that we had to fill. And since then, we have done a damn great job in filling that with Kalel Ware, with uh, Mbako. It's, we, we're finding the production now. Of course, we want to go out and find a shooter. Shooter's always welcome. Somebody who can create their shot. But... I'm not going to say that C.J. Gunn isn't ready to take on that role because I honestly think he's there and uh, can do it. I think he's able to create a shot pretty well. He needs to convert it a little better, but we all, we've all we all seen what can happen in an offseason. Just look at Trey's conversion rate. I always bring it up. My show is the Trey's conversion rate show. Often daunted, the official podcast of Trey Galloway's three-point conversion rate. If a Big Ten team goes after him now, that's the cruelest thing about this whole Michigan dissing. If a Big Ten team goes after him now, they only stand to look like academic idiots. Indiana's academic top brass can't be wanting to look like uh, Michigan's inferior if we were to go hunt him down and accept him. I can't imagine they'd want Michigan to be able to flex on them like that. So while Michigan uh, just shot themselves in the foot here, um, Michigan's going to be a- an eventful watch next season. They have so many questions still remaining. Uh, I think they should have time to go land a few guys, but man, that's going to be a ragtag bunch next season. But it's the Big Ten, so watch them just come in third. And just be, yeah, yeah, just speaking on the national, who we need to get, we need shooting. End of end of the story. Like Indiana has so many nice pieces, and uh, we just need to find a reliable shooter. And the names are out. The names are out there. No other names are going to be entering. Um, now's the time to crack the reserve of stat, like the reserve cash. 
now is the time to throw all of the NIL money at it because uh, we can't always think that this is going to how this is going to be how the framework of uh, all these deals are handled. That it is just such a wild west, slinging deals everywhere nature right now. We need to take advantage of that. The Hoosiers have been able to like purchase. We have been able to purchase a whole lot of credit on the national stage with stuff like the Kalel Ware signing and landing McKenzie, and, and rightfully so. I mean, this fan base loves and supports basketball more than pretty much any other, and we will put our own into it, and we've seen the fruits of that. We've landed two great guys who are going to be able to make up that void in production to uh, some extent, hopefully to an even greater extent, if uh, they all reach their, their ceiling. I- Indiana has been able, in, in an offseason, it... it it seems incredible that we were able to uh, take advantage of just just how wild this time is in college basketball and climb into and climb into in a level of elite prestige that we uh, had been out of. It'll always be pay to play, but maybe not to this extent. Uh, but while it is at this extent, it's time to pay to play, baby. Let's go get a shooter. All right, and uh, yeah, just uh, kind of that Caleb Love one, just. Uh, We're going to get into some Indiana news off the back of that. So here you go. I just wanted to start off the Indiana news uh, just just by just reliving and just uh, reminiscing about how monumental that McKenzie Mbako commitment was. That was Indiana going toe-to-toe with Kansas. On a guy that they desperately wanted. Who was already committed to Duke. That's a win over Duke. That's a win over Kansas. You can say Duke has their guy, but hey, I'm taking. we're taking their guy. I'm going to... Yeah, that's a win. In my opinion, what other two programs would you want to pull a statement win like this in recruiting over on? There isn't a single one. Maybe Purdue, but just for personal reasons. But even then, this is impressive on the highest scale of attention. Indiana is so back. Indiana is so back. Look at who we had to beat down to get the guys we do next season. We're able to go out and get top talent because Indiana is becoming a national brand to respect again. We owe that to guys like Trace Jackson Davis. We owe that to Mike Woodson. Just that the Mbako news, the Mbako commitment came with some of the rarest content out there. Some of the rarest content out there. And that would be Kansas fans justifying a loss. It seems like uh, out of the out of the Kansas Jayhawk camp, um, a lot of them talked about the fan base uh, feeling strung along, not knowing if the recruitment was operating, if the if McKenzie was operating in entirely good faith. He mentioned how, uh, yeah, I, I saw mention on the uh, Locked On Jayhawks podcast, heard mention, uh, how Indiana and the potential production opportunities could have been the deciding factor for the whole time. And uh, Kansas may have just been a chip in the bartering stage it, 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 yeah it was a it's incredible content it's incredible content watching Kansas I mean be college basketball fans be like the rest of us backpedaling and just like trying to justify what just happened to you you're in shock yeah it, it, it's, it's a feeling we know all too well but uh here's hoping that more of these are going our way and this McKenzie and Baco one was just the first of many head-to-head victories over Kansas. It starts with one, and we got him. Okay, yeah, on on to Trace Jackson Davis. According to Peter Dewey at Lakers Daily, 
the Los Angeles Lakers reportedly are among the teams set to meet with Indiana University star forward Trace Jackson Davis at the 2023 Combine. Um, Jackson Davis is also set to meet with the New Orleans Pelicans, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Charlotte Hornets, the Toronto Raptors, the Washington Wizards, and the Golden State Warriors. Jackson Davis appears to be on the radar of several teams, a good sign for his draft stock. And, and to those NBA execs, I say good luck not falling in love with our guy. Get Trace Jackson Davis in a room and you're going to sign him. TJD is a man of character. And it seems like his draft stock is only rising, and I love to see it. Hoosiers in the NBA, all day. Speaking of Hoosiers in the NBA, uh, Jalen was speaking to Andy Katz on IU's prospective roster for next season. And uh, Jalen Huchifino had some really, really awesome things to say. He said, uh, I think we'll, we'll be really great. Added some good pieces, some big pieces. Coach Woodson and the rest of the staff are doing a great job of recruiting guys and getting guys. The program is just going upwards. Love Wheel. Love Wheel. That's just a guy representing the Hoosiers proudly in the NBA. Once a Hoosier, always a Hoosier, Jalen Huchifino. Ja'Kai Newton was cleared for basketball activities this week after the meniscus injury he suffered last season limited his opportunities to ball his senior year. Ready to see our young gun is healthy. Ready to see he? I mean, he must be itching to get at it. And uh, I, 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 I hope for big things for Jakai Newton, and I expect big things from Jakai Newton. I, I think he has a lot to offer the Indiana program, and I think his game has a lot to offer this program. A uh, little other news around Indiana University. Hey, it was a slower basketball news week, guys. I need to fill these airwaves with something. I want to give you guys. Some Indiana content. There isn't a lot to talk about in this offseason, but uh, let's talk about the baseball team a little. Indiana baseball losing to Michigan State Friday night meant that the season finale was uh, potentially for a share of the Big Ten if the Hoosiers would beat Sparty, um, but that was until Maryland won the following day and ultimately made it a non-factor. So Indiana ends the season in second place. Uh, just a great showing for our baseball our baseball squad. That, those are our boys. And I just wanted to give them their due here on the show. Placing second in the Big Ten, well done. They do have a lot of work left to do with uh, some offseason hopes. They are currently lined in to play Illinois on on Tuesday, 2 p.m. Uh, so, yeah, hey. Anywhere where Big Ten Network's on, give our boys a view, root them on. Good on the Hoosiers baseball team. A little academic news for you. The O'Neill School of Public and Environmental Affairs ranked number one public affairs graduate program by News and World Report. I just uh, wanted to give them the shout out there because not all news is sports related here on the Often Daunted podcast. It's awesome to see the academics continue to thrive in Burtman, Bloomington. Top program, top university. Love to see it. Thursday, Amanda Foster covering IU women's basketball for Inside the Hall posted an update regarding the women's reserve seating options for next season. And that announcement stated, due to an overwhelming early response to the 2023-2024 reserve seating ticket option for IU women's basketball, the reserve section area is expanding. Originally, only the east side of the main level of Simon Scott Assembly Hall was designated for reserve seating, but due to heavy demand, reserve season tickets will now be available for the upcoming season. On both the east and west sides of the main level, adult reserve season tickets are at 112, while reserve senior tickets, senior season tickets, 65 plus, and youth season tickets, 18 and under, are 48. 
IU faculty and staff can purchase reserved season tickets for $80. It, it, just an incredible announcement to see because it just shows the support our girls program has, the growing support. This is Coach Terry just has this program on the up, and you can't help but be excited about Indiana women's basketball. Good on them. Way to go, Hoosiers. Lastly, I just wanted to point out that Chuck Barkley was on uh, Spittin' Chicklets where he did confirm that uh, Mike just didn't want Isaiah Thomas on the Dream Team, (laughs) and he had said he wasn't going to play if he did. I guess there's tape of it somewhere out there, but I haven't seen it, but... You just still wish IU had gotten to rep on the Dream Team. Yeah, you feel sorry for Isaiah not getting the opportunity to do so. Right after this word from our sponsor, I'm going to be... Yeah, hey, guys, pretty slow week in Indiana news. I mean, but hey, we, we, we've refilled. We did the work when we needed to. Now we're sitting here with Kalel Ware and McKenzie and Baco in a far better place than we were. Didn't have to do a lot this week. There's still much to be done. Wouldn't mind having an announcement about a shooter. We, we have... Uh, are targeting or going after or have gotten in the near future. But uh, right after this break, I'm going to be vamping a little more. I'm going to be getting a little regional with this episode, and I'm going to be talking about the all-260 Indiana and Purdue teams. Um, Fort Wayne Fort Wayne guy here. Uh, I saw a tweet about Caleb, Love, Caleb first birthday, and uh, it just inspired a lot of thought on my end. Yeah, we'll get into that right after this word from our sponsor. Now, I would usually have some fake sponsor right here. I just wanted to take this time to shout out Big Banter. Um, I was going through my often taunted email, as I do, and I came to an invitation from one of these guys, a couple of OSU grads, uh, looking to put together in partnership just a few Big Ten podcasts to work together, be able to create some uh, better content. And uh, yeah, they seemed easy to work with. Nothing about this show is changing nothing at all uh they aren't touching any of my stuff i ain't letting them touch any of my stuff and uh no it should just let me work with uh other other podcasters with ohio state with purdue with i mean yeah you get it i should be able to have better insight on the teams we're facing and i'm really excited for the opportunity these guys reached out and uh i'm looking forward to uh what 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 we can make with it so uh yeah thank you for listening to often daunted working in partnership with big banter all right, so for this episode, um, really had nothing to talk about, you know? Slow week. So uh, it was Caleb First's birthday uh, this past week, and Cobra Stats tweeted out a uh, all-260 team of Matt Painter's guys. And it was a pretty, it was a pretty, impressive, uh, pretty impressive list. You had Chris Kramer. Now, now, these are guys from Fort Wayne who went to Purdue. That is the all-260 team. 260 being the area code for this for Fort Wayne. That uh, Purdue all-260 team by Cobra Stats was Chris Kramer, Fletcher Lawyer, Raphael Davis, Caleb First, Caleb Swanigan, Bryson Scott, and Grady Eifert. It's a decent squad, decent squad. But it was just that tweet that uh, got my brain running. And uh, I just wanted to think about what Indiana's all 260 squad looked like. Now, yes, I apologize if this is a little regional, if uh, you're not that interested in the best to come out of Fort Wayne. Um, sorry. <laughs> yeah, so here we go. First up, we got... It, it, it's pretty incredible when you look at the uh, guys out of Fort Wayne to go to Indiana. It, it's 
yeah, let's 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 look into it a little. We have uh, Curly Armstrong, five ten guard from Central High School, no longer a school in Fort Wayne, by the way. Uh, he was an All Big Ten honoree and part of Branch McCracken's second year team. Um, he was part of the team that beat Kansas in the final to win the second ever national tournament, Indiana's first banner. Following that, he went on to play in the NBA for the Fort Wayne Zollner Pistons, which, I mean, you knew, moved to Detroit and became the Pistons. Also, on the All-260 Indiana team is his teammate in high school and college, Herm Schaefer. Other Hoosiers from the 260, we got Tom Bolliard, three-year starter for Branch McCracken. Uh, As a team captain in 1963, during his senior season, Bolliard was able to average 20 points a game and shoot 47% from the floor. This had him rank third in the Big Ten in scoring, and he was named first-team All-Big Ten during the 1963 season. On his career, Bolliard averaged 18 points a game, and this put him 10th in IU's all-time career scoring list. Career scoring average. Another Hoosier out of Fort Wayne, we have James Hardy. Tragic story of James Hardy, how his uh, passing just this not not too long ago. Um, But yeah, coming out of Elmhurst High School, in 2004, yeah. Coming out of Elmhurst High School in 2004, he was a just two-sport superstar. A hell of a football player, I mean, you all know. As a sophomore, he caught 51 passes for 722 yards, uh, 10 touchdowns, and was named second team All-Big Ten. And that was the second time he was named... <laughs> Sorry, let me start with his freshman season, duh. As a redshirt freshman in 2005, James Hardy posted 61 catches for 839 yards and 10 touchdowns. His play earned him a uh, freshman All-American selection. As a sophomore, he caught 51 passes for 722 yards and 10 touchdowns and was named second-team All-Big Ten for a second straight year. His 20-yard career-receiving touchdowns in his first two years have tied him with Ernie Jones for for second on the university's all-time list, trailing only Jade Butcher. As a junior, Hardy caught 74 passes for 1,075 yards, ranking third in the Big Ten in both categories, and became the Hoosiers' all-time receiving leader in touchdowns, yards, and receptions. He was selected first-team All-Big Ten. And, yeah, I am listing off his football stats because he did far more on the football field than he did the basketball court, and understandably so. He had two years on the Indiana basketball team. Um, But, yeah, just another player out of Fort Wayne. (laughs) You guys, I'm, I'm, I'm coming up with stuff for you. This is what we're doing today. Thank you for listening. As far as Hoosiers out of the 260, there's Luke Recker out of DeKalb High School in 1997. In his freshman year under Bobby Knight, he started. And then after two years with the program, uh, ending with 16.1 points per game in his sophomore season, he left for Iowa, citing his lack of development as the issue. I freaking hate still in conference, guys. Even the Miller Cot thing. I don't, I don't like that. I don't... I, Hey, I'll take him if he's coming to our team, but I don't like in-conference transfers. Ugh. Don't like it. There was four-year Hoosier Sean Klein out of Huntington North in 2002. There was John Flowers out of Southside in 1981, uh, prior to heading to UNLV after two seasons with the Hoosiers. And then there was James Blackman. Um, probably our most recent one, if I had to imagine. Oh, no, his brother VJ. Uh, yeah, v- hey, shout-out VJ, now uh, Valpo strength and conditioning coach. Good for him. But I, I was just thinking about all this and just how much more impressive I think that Purdue list is comparatively just because I don't get it. I don't, I, 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 when you're walking around in Fort Wayne, I feel like the IU branding's everywhere. 
I, I feel like the representation of IU over Purdue, it, it, maybe it's just who I hang around with, who I affiliate with, who I, who I let myself be seen with. But I, I just feel like it, it's the fandom of the fandom of Indiana is everywhere here. And yes, there is Purdue, but I just don't get the disparity in talent that we we just can't get these guys from Fort Wayne to play in Indiana. Maybe 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 we're just not going after them. But like Deshaun Thomas, I mean that just broke my heart when we didn't get him. Getting to watch him, I for three years of my high school time, just it, it was it was crazy, and I was just like, man, if this guy was a Hoosier, that's my ultimate what if. The teams he would have joined, that would have been insane. I don't know if he would have had an answer for Syracuse's zone, and that's the only thing that stopped us. But damn, that would have been dangerous. That would have been. That's my ultimate what if. Just just having been witness to Deshaun Thomas throughout high school, and then having to watch him play the Hoosiers. I just don't get it. Maybe I'm brainwashed. <laughs> but uh, I just want. I, yeah, I just wish I could see more of the top Fort Wayne talent head into Indiana. You guys, yeah, this is a reaching episode. We're just talking about guys who played at Indiana from Fort Wayne. That's what this one was about. We'll, we'll get you on out of here on a, on just a just a lazy week of Indiana news. Um, we'll get you on out of here right after this Hoosier history hit for you. This is your Hoosier history hit. James Wilson Dunn was born in. Kentucky and soon moved to the Indiana Territory. He was the eldest of 11 children. Indiana had no public schools at the time, so he was educated by his father. And uh, his father, Williamson Dunn, uh, was just a man about town, a uh, benefactor to the community. And just following growing up in the Bloomington area, James Wilson Dunn would become one of Indiana's very first students um, attending the Indiana State Seminary which would later become Indiana University. Dunn would be a member of IU's first graduating class in 1830, at that time the Indiana College. Upon his graduation, he studied law in Logansport and became a lifelong supporter of the Presbyterian Church there. His brother, William McKee Dunn, also received a bachelor's from IU two years later. Dunn engaged in various business enterprises throughout his life. At age 56, he enlisted in the Union Army. He was made lieutenant colonel of a regiment of Indiana volunteers and served in Tennessee. He died in 1873. I, I just wanted to give a, a little profile on one member of the Dunn family. I mean, you see the Dunn name everywhere around Bloomington. You see it especially on the campus. Uh, Dunwoods, Dunn, uh, I mean, every single grave in that, in that cemetery plot. It, it was the Dunn family that donated the land for uh, a lot of the Indiana University campus. Uh, they made that donation with the agreement that for every tree that was torn down for construction, uh, two would be planted on campus. And that's why we have such a picturesque, beautiful slice of heaven here in southern Indiana. Yeah, I just wanted to shine a light on them a little. Shout out to James Wilson Dunn, one of the very first Indiana Hoosiers. Um, wanted to give you a little Nigerian fact on our way out of here just to... Uh, Kind of build a bridge to our latest re- recruit, our latest Hoosier, Mackenzie Mbako. Uh, and I wanted to start with the flag of Nigeria. The two green stripes represent natural wealth, the white, peace, and unity. Thank you so much for listening to the Often Daunted podcast, now in partnership with Big Banter. Uh, I appreciate the listen so much. If you do like the show, feel free to reach out to me at Twitter, 
on Twitter at often daunted. Uh, if you like the show, please hit the subscribe button. Uh, refer to your friend. I mean, hey, word of mouth, best advertising there is. Uh, please leave a review if you do like the show. If you don't like the show, please don't. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. And uh, have yourself a great week, Hoosier fans. We'll be back at it next Monday. Lux at Veritas. Have a good one.